You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Monday, September 25th. The 49ers played on Thursday. They won a game on Thursday, and we all got to enjoy our weekends watching the Cowboys lose, and now it's our third victory Monday in a row. How great is that? Joining me to talk about the top 49ers performances from the game on Thursday is Weston, as always, on a Monday. How are you doing today, Weston? Steph, I'm great. I, you know, you just third victory Monday. The weather's a little gloomy here in the Garden State, but other than that, you know, what's better than enjoying an entire stress-free Sunday full of football, watching some of your rivals uh, choke away a, a game. I mean, I could think of far worse things for sure. I joked with you. I'm just going to enjoy Monday. I'm going to sit in my vino, and we're going to have some fun here this evening. I'm feeling like uh, Stephen A. today, you know, um, <laughs> just just chuckling, just laughing at, at the Cowboys' misfortunes. But, you know, we, we – we, we talked about how the Cowboys lost and after them looking dominant week one and two. And now the 49ers are pretty much just one of just three teams uh, that are undefeated still after week three. At the time of us recording this, we still don't know if the third team is going to be Tampa or Philly because they're both 2-0 and going into this game Monday night. Well, tonight, Monday night football. I will say this, though. Of the remaining undefeated teams, I think that like you could you could make a case that the 49ers have looked better than any of them. Yeah, I, more consistent, that's for sure, right? I mean maybe that's a, maybe that's a better word cuz I am aware that the the Dolphins did put up 70 points Jesus. on the Broncos. I mean, you know, I live in Colorado. There was basically a funeral for the team today, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think if you look at just full body of work, yeah, the 49ers seem to be the most consistent of any team right now. I, I mean, listen, they they make everybody who struggles with math look real good because it's been 30, 30, 30. You don't have to average anything right. out. It's I mean, it's hard to be more consistent than than that. And we'll talk about it. But, you know, a second game in a row where it certainly wasn't perfect. It wasn't always yeah. pretty, but they still found a way to do it rather convincingly against a former playoff team from a year ago. So uh, all is all is right with the world right now. Yeah, it certainly is. So, I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking about the 49ers. I mean, the the Dolphins 49ers. Dolphins have an average scoring margin of 19.7, of course, skewed by, you know, their win yesterday uh, by 50. And the 49ers average scoring margin is plus 16 points. The 49ers have played the Steelers, the Rams, and the Giants, and the Dolphins have played the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Broncos. So, like, a, a good share of, like, pretty – bad teams like (laughs) on both sides but you know what I and I frankly don't care uh if the Dolphins look like the best team in the AFC like that's fine it's week three I'm not concerned about the AFC until like playoffs come around what I do know right now through three weeks is the 49ers are the best team in the NFC and I think that I I can definitely say at this point in the season. And I haven't even seen Philadelphia play tonight yet. I don't even think I need to in order to make that statement. Um, But through these first three weeks, I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. And that feels great. 
Yeah, I think they're just doing it in all three phases, right? And that makes the team real hard to beat. Um, you know, uh, they're finding a way, like we talked about, 30 points. That's nothing to, per game. That's nothing to sneeze at. They're doing it in the air. They're doing it on the ground. Special teams is outside of a little shaky start against Pittsburgh, on, like with our kickoff coverage. We, we made that swap. Now the ball doesn't even come out of the end zone, right? It's a touchback every single time. Punk coverage has been great. Wisnowski's pinning them back when he he's – um, punting in those scenarios, defense, right? As you just mentioned, average um, margin of victory, 16 points across the three games. Like, defense is clearly has something to do with that. So, they keep this going. It's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to argue against that they are the best team in the NFC. So let, let's talk about the game on Thursday, right? Because I, you know, it it seems <laughs> like it was a while away, but I haven't gotten the chance to talk to you about it. So like, and and you said uh, it, it was kind of a slow start for them or a shaky start in that game. But I think what was most impressive for me through these three weeks, I think we've seen this team adapt to the situation, adapt to their opponents and be able to win uh, in a variety of different ways if they need to. And I think that's a really that that's a sign of a really great team and, and a team that I think could be dangerous for the rest of the NFL and you know this division and conference. Yeah, I mean they're chameleon-esque, right? Like it's almost like they I noticed something a little bit different and I and it's probably because they're losing the coin toss. I know Kyle is in favor of kicking and receiving in the second half of the last two games yeah. we've actually mm-hmm. received first and a tone has been set really early on those opening drives right i mean if i look 15 play drive yeah we only walked away with three points but you can only imagine the physicality that's taking place in those 15 plays and it feels almost like in the first half they're letting the the game come to them yes. and then the second half is when you start to see the separation on both sides of the ball so you're seeing adjustments take place offensively and defensively in this game, the separation started to happen a little bit more like midway through the second quarter versus the second half like it did with the Rams. But, you know, that that bodes really well for your your future aspirations when like when a game, whether it's it gets muddy and it's bogged down, it's a running game or, or a high flying, high action, you know, airing the ball out like it just feels like this team's equipped for the challenge. And I say that conservatively because I never want to get my hopes too high. You know, but as somebody who's been watching this team for 36 years, I haven't seen many 3-0 starts for the team doing it the way that they've done it. And it's it's exciting. Like, I'm trying to hold back my excitement and temper my expectations, but it's been a lot of fun so far. And and I would almost argue, like, everyone's like, you know, the 49ers aren't starting slow. You know, they're starting hot. And, yeah, like, you know, they've they've won three games to start the season. But I, I think you can also argue – that they're still figuring some things out. Oh, like wow. this is kind of a slow start for them. You you look at the games and you kind kind of see that they are leaving some points on the board. So they're beating teams by a pretty you know wide margin. They're scoring thirty points a game, and yet like there's still room for improvement for this team. And I think like that's the uh, the most exciting thing about you know these first three games and. You know, just the the ability, as we mentioned, to be able to win in a lot of different ways. And I, I've noticed the same thing that they're they are letting the games kind of come to them. They they it's almost like they want to scope out the opponents early in the game. Let's just see what they do, and then we will respond with 
are adjustments. Um, and at an extent, like they are good enough where they can do that. Like they can yeah. just kind of wait and see what's going to happen. Uh, but also like, I think that partially has something to do with it being early in the season because you don't have a lot of tape on, uh, you know, teams this year, right. Yep. This early in the season. So it's kind of limited on what, you know, for sure is going to happen or what you're going to see. So you do kind of have to slow play, uh, these games to just kind of figure it out. But on both sides of the ball, I've been really impressed with the adjustments that, you know, Kyle and even Steve Wilkes has made uh, in order to, you know, come out on top uh, at the second halves. And another thing is like they, you mentioned it, like they usually do like to get the ball after the half and they like to score um, right before the half too. But I think right now, since they aren't getting in the last two games, they haven't been getting the ball after the, half it makes scoring before then even more important think about how they were tied with the rams going into halftime like scoring right there was so important because it made the game zero zero for the second half you know it was pretty much just a clean slate and they made the adjustments uh you know to win that and then you know against the giants too i i believe the if i'm not mistaken the giants did score like before the half or something like that let me see yeah, they kicked the field goal. Yeah, they kicked the field goal. Yeah, so right it, it was that. okay. They scored after they scored in the third quarter, but um, yeah. So I mean, they're just doing it different ways, and I think they're becoming comfortable in in winning a variety of different ways. So it's been yeah. impressive. I think you hit the nail right on the head earlier about they're still figuring things out, right? Like, and you could argue they're starting slow if you look at the tape from the that magnificent 10 game stretch and run that they went on it feels like the offense is still a little bit sluggish i would argue the defense picked up right where they left off right like just being absolutely dominant in the second half of football games but it it just it bodes really well when you know oftentimes you, when you think about like how to beat a team right like, like when you talk about like how to beat patrick mahomes keep the offense off the field right the niners just don't feel like like it's like okay well our defense scores points too, and they do things <laughs> and put you in favor in unfavorable downs and distances and situations. So it's just the recipe is not as easy as you want it to, to be. And here's and here's another reason why I think they're sluggish or, or, or starting a little bit is you know the defense, the defensive coaches and players get paid too, just like the offensive players do. Every game is more tape on Brock. Right. And you're going to find something that hasn't been done yet. And God, did Wink Martindale and the Giants really try to do that? I mean, they blitzed 85% (laughs) of dropbacks, literally set an NFL record for the most, at least as long as that stat has been. Yeah. In the last 10 years. Yeah. At least. In, in, and, and, you know, statistically speaking, it says Brock handled it well. Right. Like if you just looked at the stat line, you're like, gosh. He did well. I would say there's still area for improvement there. But now this is better tape that you want out there. It's like, well, Jesus, if we don't, if we try to rush forward, that guy might pick us apart. But if we bring the house, he's just going to hot read us all day, all day. And that means Debo's getting the ball in space. That means McCaffrey's getting the ball in space. And gosh, that's a problem because they're real two very difficult individuals to get to the ground, evidenced by what we saw on Thursday night. And so that's the point, right? Like yeah. they, you, you can throw anything at them and maybe like Brock Purdy in particular, and 
they're going to find a way to adjust and, and be successful, uh, you know, just working around that. And yeah, I mean, that's, I think what has taken the ceiling for this team to another level. And as, as someone mentioned earlier in the chat, you know, Purdy's floor is looking pretty high right now. Yeah. Um, certainly higher than, you know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's. I mean, I, I don't think we can really argue that at this point. Um, yeah, just just really impressive and really exciting because I I know that with such a young quarterback and just the type of guy that he is, he's only going to get better and you know smarter. Uh, so I, yeah, I I just see this improving for the team over time. I mean, we're in week three of this season. Brock Purdy's in his what is it like the eighth game that he started? Yeah, started and finished. Start, or- yeah. <laughs> So it's it's freaking insane um, what he's been able to do in such a short amount of time. Um, but like with that, I mean, let, let's start talking about some of the best performances of the week for these players. And for those of you who are watching and, and aren't really familiar. So this segment, what me and Weston do, we talk about the best 49er performances from the previous game. And we pretty much vote on who had the best performance and that would be our 49k player of the week uh if there's someone who if there's a lot of players who had good games we'll also have a 25k and a 15k (laughs) player of the week honorable mentions but yeah i mean let's just uh mention some of our candidates here and i'll let you start weston um on who you think i'm only gonna go one right we'll do every other because i think there's obvious for anybody watching games some obvious is Obvious ones. I'm gonna take the lowest hanging fruit possible. Debo Samuel. Um, yeah. You know, six catches, a buck twenty nine. Scored the touchdown. Had that one forty yard monstrosity where he just owned every. What's the term the kids use? Sunned every person <laughs> that he encountered uh, before he was wrapped up from behind. Yeah. Um, you know, he only had the one carry. And think about this for a second, Steph, with this production. Six for 129. He also had 12 targets. Right? So, like, arguably his best receiving performance to date in this, in 2023, the 2023 season. But something I've heard you talk about, I've seen you post about, that I feel that most people feel is, like, when things seem to be, like, slowing down or maybe mm. going in the wrong direction, doesn't 19 just seem to cure those woes? Like his brand of physical, it concerns me. You know, it concerns me because he plays so physical that like nobody holds up under, under that. I wish he'd get out of bounds every once in a while. I wish he'd just do the Marvin Harrison, just catch it and go, right? Like get down to the ground. Do we really need the, the extra two yards? But it ignites people. It sparks mm-hmm. people like, you know, uh, especially with Ayuk's absence, you know, for that that receiver group, like it's hard to not just rally behind that. The statistics back it up, but it's the the moments in the game when that big play comes. Um, I, I'm drawing a blank exactly as to when that that one catch and run went, where he just made every single person miss, and ju- not just like miss, like juke them out. Like I just ran you over. Yeah. I just literally ran. They were there. They yeah. were in position. <laughs> and it doesn't matter, right? Like how scary is that? Like you, you know, what's more frustrating for a defensive player? You did everything right. You handled your assignment and your morals, your, your will was just literally removed from your body by 19. He's just 
a tone setter. He's a difference maker. And, and he had himself his best performance uh, of the season so far. Yeah, that's demoralizing, you know, doing everything you possibly could to stop a guy and he still trucks you. And and I would argue that this is 2021 Depot that we're seeing, right? Not so much in the stats because they don't need him to be that guy. He's not getting that same volume, but in the way that he can lift this team with his physicality. And, you you know, you've been mentioning that I've mentioned it. He can single-handedly like flip the momentum towards the 49ers' favor with just a single play if he huh. if he wants to, and that's what he did uh, on that play uh, on Thursday. Uh, and he he just fights for every yard, and I think it's like admirable because I think your teammates see that, and that pumps them up too. Like that makes them want to play a little bit harder as well. Like I I I know that Christian McCaffrey was like a tough guy as well, but like, I feel like he's gotten some extra juice too, since getting on this 49ers team, because I think everyone on this team plays that same brand of football uh, where you are going to put your hand out and you are going to try to stiff arm someone, get those extra yards. Uh, Kind of the same thing on defense. Like I think, you know, guys like Fred Warner and and Bosa, like they kind of set the tone too for this is the brand of football that we play on this side of the ball and everyone else just kind of falls in line and, and does that too. Everyone knows. And yeah, he was targeted a bunch and that was because Ayuk was out, right? Let's, let's keep that in mind in this game. Ayuk wasn't even out there. Nope. Um, and Debo caught six passes. Five of those went for a first down 129 yards, 78 of those yards were after the catch. And according to PFF, he forced uh six missed tackles I, that was probably all on that one play, one play. <laughs> if, if we're being honest I mean probably so yeah Debo Debo's incredible and I'm glad that we have him at that like 2021 form where he could put the team on his back because at uh, like on that game on on Thursday and even the week before against the Rams like that's that's what the team needed to just sure. lift them up here's the my favorite part of this you and I have been watching the sport for a long time. What tends to more often than not happen to wide receivers after they cash in and get the bag? They start thinking about longevity, conservation of body, getting another bag four or five years from now. How long can I play in this league? I get, I got a lot of those vibes last year. I get none of those vibes this year right now from Debo. Like it's just a, now to me when I, when I watch him play, I see the dog that I saw in, in 2021, 20, um, especially 2021. And I see a guy who is now a veteran in this league and a vet on this team who wants to go win the ship. Like yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm behind it. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rick says he likes you a hat. Um it's a, it's a dope hat. No comments on the on on the prime. Oh, I do like that. I, I still rock with prime. I know he got a he no. got beat out this weekend, but no, we still rock with prime around here. They were never going to be in that game. That was just right. and 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 wait wait until this weekend because USC yeah. is going to do something ugly to them. But yeah. we're still rocking with prime. Always, um, <laughs> always. But okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the defensive side of the ball for this one, and I'm. This one may surprise you, maybe. Uh, I'm going to go with Javon Kinlaw. And the reason that I want to say Javon Kinlaw is because, like, I think he is outperforming 
the expectations put on him going into this year. Like, I don't even really think we had expectations going for Kinlaw entering this season. I don't think he'd be on the team at this point. Right. Like, I think we've been burned so many times before being hopeful of what Kinlaw was going to do, you know, every year that I think going into this one, we were just like, all right, it's his final year, like whatever. Anything he can give you is, is a bonus, all right? He's going to be in a reduced role, whatever he can do, fine. And yeah, like he so far has been in a reduced role, not dependent as much um, as he was in previous seasons. On Thursday, he played just 19 snaps. But what he was able to do in those 19 snaps, I think really changed the game for the 49ers on defense he was in their majority on passing downs and they put him out there as a fifth defensive lineman so I do actually like that from Steve Wilkes too how they were able to do that I almost felt like in part yes it was an extra guy to rush the passer but I also think it was an extra guy to plug any of those rushing lanes because you don't want Daniel Jones to like see an opening and you know run out and gain a first down or whatever. So I, I thought that was a smart game plan from Steve Wilkes and the 49ers. Uh, but yeah, what Ken Law was able to do with it was incredible. He locked four pressures, four hurries, and again, on just 19 snaps. So it's still early in the season, I know, but so far, he's having the most production I think we've ever seen him have in his 100%. career. Like. So this is crazy. And again, like at this point, it's just a bonus. It's just a huge plus for this defense. And I'm I'm excited to see more. Uh, And, you know, I'm I'm happy for him. I love this nomination by you, Steph. I I love it so much because if you didn't watch this game and you just went and looked at the traditional stats that like ESPN or NFL.com might have in their box score, you might say, did Javon Kinlaw even play? But that's the nature of his position, right? That that D tackle spot. But he ate up double teams in the run game, clogged holes. He gets pressure. Um, you mentioned being out there for 19 snaps, almost downplaying. But the truth is, the Giants only have 46 offensive plays, right? So reality, that's just a hair under 50 percent of the defensive snaps. So he's getting burned. He's in the rotation. He looks healthier and stronger than he ever has, and that's. What his that is his role, and he so far through three three weeks is filling the role that they really honestly envisioned for him. I think right out of the gate, like there was yeah. nothing about Javon Kinlaw that was going to say this guy's Javon Hargrave, who's going to get me double digit sacks on the interior of the defensive line. It was we need to tighten up against the run. We need you to, like I said, fill gaps. The more pressure you create, the better. That's an added bonus, but. Yeah, 99's been playing. I've and and you know, I, if I had wood near me, I'd knock on it and say, "Hey, let's keep this going because the the more performance we're getting out of Actually. I I got this little There we go. Thing, knock on that. Knock on that. <laughs> we need it. Like it it's be all, like good luck. It's good luck, all Trump. like a fe- it's a feather in the cap, right? Like it's unexpected, yeah. it's unanticipated and that just adds to the dynamic of the team. Stuff I love it. I love this nomination so much. I'm glad. I'm glad. And, and yeah, like I, th- I think also because like the defensive line was already very good. And like we talk about how you, you can't really double team guys on this line. And if you do, it's at your own expense because someone else is just going to make a play. 
And I think what we're seeing from Kinlaw is he's he's capable of making a play too, um, if you don't account for him through these first three weeks. So happy for him. But uh, who's who's your next nomination here? I'm going to stay on the defensive side. I'm going to say Oren Burks. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I always got one doozy for you, right? So you always got to hear. You always got to hear. <laughs> Throw me a out curveball. A bit. All right. So, I would challenge I, like it, any, I would challenge anybody to go back and listen to the broadcasts of week one and week two. Never once was there a mention of our third linebacker ever. It was always Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. And we didn't last year, we've grown accustomed to the play of Aziz Al Shair, right? Like, and how he could have arguably been interchangeable with Greenlaw. And when Greenlaw was hurt, he was, right? And stepped right into that two spot. We know what we signed Oren for. He was the special teams ace. But I saw a guy who was flashing around the field. He tied for the league, uh, the team lead in tackles with, with a couple of other people. He had a couple tackles for a loss that were in opportune spots. But to me, it was just the mention of like, oh, we actually have a third linebacker that's out on the field right now. We haven't seen that in weeks. And again, you like, like we're talking about with Kinlaw, yeah. if you're getting positive, impactful play, from somebody that even the most novice fan is probably forgetting from time to time that that is the third string linebacker, right? That is your LB three essentially who doesn't see the field as much. Cause you're going to play a lot of nickel in the Steve Wilkes defense. But when he's out there, he's making an impact and, it, and it's starting to, and I think this is going to bud well for, for his confidence. I mean, the dude flies all over the field, right? Like he fits the breed of what we're trying to do. He is quick. He gets yeah. sideline to sideline. And to me that showed. So I know he's not going to win 49K player of the week, but this is in the same vein as my Jawan Jennings nomination last week is Oren. I recognize you, sir. Thank you for your service. Keep it up, man. Cause that's going to bode really well for this defense. I mean, no, I, I think it's great because if anything, like this show isn't just to vote for a 49K player of the week, but as I mentioned, like there's, honorable mentions and there's guys who you want to give your flowers to for a great performance. And I do think Orrin Burks definitely fits under that category. And I guess like that was kind of a new wrinkle for Steve Wilkes too. Right. Because like, I think we've in the past, D'Amico Ryan's always had the three linebackers out there through the first two weeks of the season. It was barely anything. And they were in nickel packages like all the time. Uh, so change the, up a little bit this time. Um, I I need I should look at the all twenty two to see like when he was out there because um, let's see he played Oren Burks played twenty one snaps so he wasn't out there like you know the full time either and I know Isaiah Oliver was also out there quite a bit so um, obviously interchanged those two and so it was situational but what he was able to do in that time I think was impressive because. Again, like he's probably one of those players you're not really expecting him to do a whole lot or hear his name mentioned, you know, it's Orrin Burks. <laughs> he's a third exactly. linebacker. So like when you do hear his name mentioned and he's out there making plays, that's a bonus, you know, like that's a lift for the defense getting a little extra from, from some guys. And, uh, you know, PFF had him with four tackles, uh, four stops. He was targeted uh, five times and just allowed 13 yards on four catches. So, you know, pretty impressive day from him. 
And yeah, I mean, I think on defense, he did what he needed to do to help this team win. And so credit for, you know, Steve Wilkes putting them out there in those situationally, obviously it worked kind of like similar to how we saw Kinlaw. Uh, so but yeah, I, I, I like this one. It, it's thinking out of the box. I try to do it once for you. Here's the thing for me, right? Like is if you think about the team defensively, let's just go through the three layers. If you can take Bosa out of the game, if you can try your best to eliminate the impact that Fred Warner has or Hufunga uh, or, or, or Mooney Ward, doesn't it really bode well when people like Kinlaw have a solid performance or yeah. Oren Burks have a solid performance? You can't take them all away. It's right. just that simple. And that's yeah. how the best defenses become the best defenses in the league is they have supplemental supplemental players that are eventually going to go get signed to big contracts and start on others teams, but other teams, but they're filling roles here. Like that's a fantastic spot to be in. Yeah. I mean, like if you have – 10 guys on your defense who are stars who can make the play. That's great. But you know, what's going to happen when you face a really good team, they're going to target the two players who are not no. <laughs> your stars. who are not great. So I think like right now we're seeing some guys who I think are stepping up and, and we're seeing like all 12 guys in these last two weeks, like be capable sure. of, you know, making the plays and, that's going to make it tougher for your opponents to find any daylight. So I'm, I'm in support of, of what they're doing. Technic chic asks, do you think Kinlaw and the true D lineman five man fronts get a little more run based on how Kinlaw and that scheme did last game? I would not be surprised. I mean, I, I do feel like it was kind of situational because of what Daniel Jones, like the threat of Daniel Jones running and wanting to like give more pressure because he's terrible under pressure. Like I think all of that did play into that decision, but it it was successful. So like, I, I think we'll probably see it again for sure. I, I 1000% agree with you, Steph, that it was purely situational. I don't think there's anything about the passing game from the giants that, kept steve wilkes up at night yeah. right so i'm just being honest with you like no, nothing i, mean, I think right did they ever feel threatened or outmatched or outmanned in any capacity so why not i mean i had mentioned in my like what to look for show prior to like the game was like daniel jones is the ultimate equalizer here right his legs and we struggle against mobile quarterbacks so why not have i i suggested are they going to use a spy a la an oren burks who can just fly around and not have much responsibility and accountability he went with a fifth, uh, five down lineman front, and it worked. It worked well, but I would expect to see it again. But it's going to be situational based. It's not going to be the norm go forward for sure. If anything, like I can't, I I don't know if it's just. It might be too early to say because we're only three weeks into the season, and I don't know what Steve Wilkes has done specifically, like him or. I mean, I I feel like there's a lot more chess playing here with like what he's doing on defense he i i don't know i feel like he's he's showing a lot of different things that we hadn't necessarily seen before with this defense and so far like the adjustments that he's made so far is is working and i mean you could say it's because of like the personnel they have maybe it's slightly better than it was last year you know maybe um but i don't know i i feel like we're seeing some some wrinkles that have have been successful so far that i'm, I'm intrigued 
Me too. I, I listen. Don't put it all on tape early in the season because you got some <laughs> opponents coming down that you want you want to surprise them with. Maybe, maybe even the the Cardinals. Man, they should, are they we'll are they better that. than yeah? I'm like yeah, we'll are they better than that. we thought they'd be? <laughs> yeah, they are. All right, all right. For my next nominee uh, for 49k player of the week, uh, I'm going to go back to a guy we were talking earlier, right? I mean, go back to the offense, and it's going to be Brock Purdy because BP. what he did. What he did on Thursday, I think, was incredible based on the situation that the Giants put him in, right? He was 20 of 31, 247 yards and two touchdowns against the Blitz. <laughs> against the Blitz. Like, that that's an admirable stat line. Just, you know, any time probably, you know, you could, you, you could have a good day on that. But just against the blitz and we saw how often the giants were doing it. I think that was a very impressive performance from Brock Purdy. And maybe it was even more impressive because he started the game very unimpressive and he was able to turn it around and flip the giants plan on its head. Uh, And I, I think the fact that he was able to do that in, in game, you know, like he, the, the thing that strikes me the most about Purdy is like, we've, we've seen him have these, like not his best games. Like I remember the one against the Raiders last season, he started slow on that one too, but he can turn it around on a dime. Like, and, and that's the cool thing about him is I don't think like the previous play really affects him. He has short memory when it comes to his own mistakes and he can go out there and he can, you know, uh, execute still at a high level and find his rhythm and find his game uh you know you you don't need to wait too long and so i i was watching you know the first quarter or whatnot of this game and i'm thinking man is this guy turning into a pumpkin like right before our eyes he turned into jimmy garoppolo like ah i don't saw that last night i don't yeah i don't want to see that and um you know i saw a lot of people like myself who live tweet games and who said some things that after you know within hours we regretted it or it just wasn't true by the end of the game because again he was able to flip the script so quickly in this game to turn it around and it actually ended up being maybe one of his better performances by the end of the game so I I really like that about Brock that he can learn on the fly and he's, he's doing it very quickly. And I think also it's a testament to how much Kyle Shanahan trusts him. He threw the ball, like what was it? 37 times in this game Uh, on on a day where he was getting, you know, blitzed out the ass. So (laughs) I think that tells you right there that Kyle trusts him to, you know, continue to put him out there to throw and execute. And I, I think he has all the reason to to trust Purdy as well. Um, his off games, I think, are better than some quarterbacks who won't be named. Some quarterbacks' best games, you know, like hundred percent. And and that's that's really impressive uh, for what I'm seeing from him. I think it's really easy to just watch the beginning of this game and poo poo Brock, right? Like yeah, yeah, like he made some errant throws. But I'm gonna be as honest as I as I've ever been around Brock Purdy, even in my own household where my wife tells me I'm not allowed to root for Brock Purdy because I was such a Trey Lance <laughs> guy. Is besides like maybe 
Justin Herbert's and Tua Tagovailoa's performance yesterday. Show me perfection at the quarterback position so far in 2023. You haven't seen it. Even from the biggest of names, from the biggest of stars, you haven't seen it. What is so impressive about Brock, or at least what impresses me at this point in time, is he is just unfazed. Like, when that that throw that he made where Kittle had to like literally play defense and you saw Kittle put the straps on like joking yeah. with the with the DB, which was hilarious, by the way. But that being said, like he he you didn't no coach had to get on him. He knew like you yeah. got to the sideline. He is aware like he's just aware he's learning in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that becomes really easy when the moment just doesn't seem too big, you know, and I think people like believe in him i don't i'd have to look at this statistically i have no idea but i have to imagine thir- in his time here 37 pass attempts is the most that he's had in a single game yeah. i can't i yeah. can't recall he, a game tied against- tied with uh his his game against miami last season yeah which so was like, his first game first game <laughs> ever which is like wild <laughs> if you think about that but in, in all sincerity like the body of work for the game was was outstanding like i know yeah. it didn't start well but to me the not starting well and finishing the way that he finished speaks volumes of the individual. Cause that could have fought, that could have came off the rails real fast and not just from Brock. We've seen Kyle do this before. You're not throwing the ball anymore. We're just <laughs> yeah. going to hand off the ball 50 times today. Cause we have the stable behind the timeout. <laughs> yeah. But even Kyle like has this yeah, like exactly. trust in him and, and like, I'm gonna I'm just gonna take a guess here and say that Kyle Shanahan knows a little bit more about football than I do, right? So at the end of the day, like I gotta have some faith in that as well. And it's just I don't know. I just find, like every week he does something a little bit different that's not in the stat column to me. That's just like okay, I'm not I'm not calling him a Hall of Famer or the truth, no, but like it's it's, it's I'm I'm buying into this. And you and I joked about a week one. Like, isn't it really cool? Like when your quarterback drops back and you're not just like, where's this ball going? You know, <laughs> like there's just a little confidence around oh, yeah. what he's now. I do tend to think that Brock has a, a little of the luck of the Irish, right? When it comes to certain things, i.e., like Ronnie Bell's second catch of the game, like where that happens. But here's what I do know about luck: it favors the prepared and it favors the good always right and that's that's what i'm gonna say (laughs) about brock he is prepared for the game and when he sees something he hasn't and maybe didn't go well like it gets corrected and it gets corrected like i've never really seen him in the same game make the same mistake twice like yeah i think we have i i hesitate to say this but this is like a really big deal for the 49ers right now to have competent quarterback play when you think about their and i don't for a second buy into it's well look at the team he has around him i don't care i've seen bad you know what i mean like if you're a bad quarterback i don't care what the team is around you the ball touches your hands every play first like i'm so trying to hold back my excitement around this and it's hard (laughs) it's really hard yeah i mean uh peter king said quote it seems there's a bunch of people who don't buy brock purdy and who await his failure You'll be waiting for a while. Yeah. End quote. That's also a bar, by the way. But <laughs> yeah, and, and screw you, Florio, Purdy, Turdy. Yeah. What, you is, like, get lost, what kind bro. of analysis get, is yeah, that? Get, like that guy gets that, paid for a living. You know that, right, Steph? Hard to believe. Sunday night football. Like that's that's something I would say, like as a joke with my friends over like a drink. You know, like yep. yeah, like oh, 
funny name, but like he literally said that out loud, like no. in in the show with Peter King dead, <laughs> and was dead serious about it. He was dead serious. Like, know. what kind? What are we doing here? What I'm sorry, I even brought it up on your show. I apologize, but it's just like <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, it's so crazy. This is this is who people go to for like their <laughs> news and like scouting report. I mean, hopefully l- less and less over time. But come here. Come to the 49 Carrots podcast. You're going to learn more than you are going to listen to Mike Florio. I promise you that. Oof, yeah, it's very Sorry. possible. Passionate no. about it. Oh, it, it was pretty It was pretty bad. In fact, I'll probably make fun about it on Bully Ball tomorrow with Jay. But um, <laughs> uh, you have another vote yeah. for someone? I'm, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to let you wrap it up with another name that obviously should be involved in this equation, but you and I were joking about it prior to the show. I am hitching my wagon apparently (laughs) to this rookie kicker, Mr. Jake Moody. Steph, here's a reality. The 49ers have scored 90 points as a team. He is responsible for 36 of those 90 points to date. So that is a consecutive three game run of a stat line of three made field goals. Three extra points kicked. Um, do I want my kicker accounting for 12 points every single football game? Not really. You know what I mean? I'd love those to be like five or six extra points, right? Like versus making those field goals. But, you know, he's been – Moody's been money. Um, and they've looked good too, right? Like, yeah. they're like I mean, yeah. the preseason was so shaky. Like, even when he made it, you're like, that's a fluke. You know what I mean? But, like, it's just been consistent down the line. Now, look. We're in September. Good weather, you know, for the most part <laughs> at these true. games in a dome. You know, let's be realistic about it. Let's see, like, what November and December brings to the equation. But, you know, we all, every single one of us was out on this pick, right? And like I just said, I mean, the dude accounts for more than 30, almost 40% of the points that we have scored through the first three weeks of the game of the season. I mean, it's hard to argue with that math, Weston. Like, it's, I don't do many things well. Math is my strong suit. <laughs> okay, that's good because I'm terrible at it. Um, but Jake Moody's good at kicking, so that's <laughs> been great. And yeah, I mean, I think we're all kind of relieved, right? Because after the preseason, we were thinking this was going to be a disaster. I honestly think that Moody getting hurt and just not kicking for a bit was probably the best thing that could have happened to him. Cause I think it got his like mind out of, I don't know, whatever was happening. And I remember, uh, and, uh, Jennifer Lee Chan on the 49ers talk podcast mentioned it too, that she spoke to him about it. And he said that in the preseason, none of those kicks were clean. Like they, uh, I don't know if something up with the snap or like he never hit the ball clean on any of those. And you can kind of tell because like they were so off sometimes that it was like, what, what was that? Um, and so now, like, as you mentioned, they're, they're down the middle, like they're okay. The, the 57 yarder was close to the edge there, but that's 57 yards. Like yeah, 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 yeah. if it goes through the uprights, that's all you need. Uh, but you know, I, I think he's he's in a groove clearly right now, and I I'm not worried when he goes out there and makes a kick, you no. know, or goes out for a kick. Uh, I think I I know he's gonna make it, so that it's good to have that type of trust in your kickers. Say what well, you want about kickers, but they're people for how too. Many, 
for how many points he has, uh, you know, contributed to the 49ers right now through the first three games of the season. Hard to argue that, you know, he deserves some recognition here. So. Steph, you have, I know we're getting to know each other the more shows that we do together here, but have, do you golf at all? Have you ever been? I go to Top Golf. All right, this works, right? Like it's still a game. <laughs> it's still a competition. And you got to put the club on the ball. And you yeah. mentioned the time off. Like golf, to me, I, I liken to the, the kicking game. Mm-hmm. They all have the skill, right? Like they all have the talent. They all have the, everything. It's between the ears that yeah. matters. And maybe that time off, just like let them just like hone in on a little bit, yeah. you know, like dude, relax. You've already you're already in the league. You were picked in the third round. You got a lot of guaranteed money, even if you never make a field goal in your career. Just chill out, you know, and look, we're, we're only three weeks in, but it's paying dividends so far. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so, too. So, again, hopefully he doesn't have to make these many field goals in the future, because hopefully the 49ers you know, can punch it in a little more often, but Hey, that's just me, you know, yeah. being, being extra, I guess, picky and, and spoiled. We're not um, greedy. We're fans. Yeah. I we're mean, greedy. and they, they've, they've scored 30 points in three straight games. Like anything less than that is, is a disappointment. It's unacceptable. That's the world that <laughs> I live in right now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I, I have one last, uh, yes. bring us home. Okay, so my my last one, and it's a kind of, uh, I guess you can say, unexpected one kind of, Nick Bosa, right? Let, let's just cut to the chase. It's Nick Bosa for me. Um, and in this game, he had six pressures. He finally got his sack, all right? So we can stop having people complain about that. Uh, he had a quarterback hit and four hurries. And along with the a lot of these guys on the defensive line, I really do think that everyone on the defensive line deserves some flowers for that effort. Um, But, you know, he was, he was putting in work and and he was flushing uh, Daniel Jones out of the pocket. And, you know, I, I think he's, even if the stats don't always show it, I think he's, he's making a difference, a big one on that defensive line. So, but you guys finally got your sack that you were complaining about begging for this whole time. Well, you know what the new complaint is, right? Like, why doesn't the two-point conversion sack count as a sack? And why <laughs> yeah, wasn't right. that sack a safety? That's because, a, like, help me out. I'll be sending a letter to the league. Yeah, yeah, trust me. We're, we're already on. It's already drafted. We just got to we gotta mail it out. But <laughs> I, I agree with, I agree a lot with this sentiment. So we've all – I mean, listen, it's the second week in a row, right? I, I don't – you know me. I don't look at the PFF grades, but I'm pretty sure Bosa was the highest rated – from a PFF grade on the 49ers defense this week. Am I off in that? Yeah, I think so. so. Hasn't it been like the second or third week in a row he's done that? That's what I'm saying. So like yeah. we know the production is there, but when you pay a man $120 million in guaranteed money, you're like, I need to see how the average fan judges success. And that's in the stat column, right? And and I'm, I'm with that. I Listen, I put him on notice on your show, right? Like, yeah. I wanted to see him get that sack because it's like monkey off the back, right? Now it's business right. as usual. I got home, I can get to the quarterback, etc. But you mentioned about like, the defense getting flowers, like, I'm gonna go up and down. I'm not gonna name players, but like, Eight total first downs, held them to three of 12 on third down conversions, 150 total yards of offense allowed against the Giants, and 12 points. Now, I know they limped in, 
and it was they were wounded, but it's also a Thursday night game. You don't know what to happen. Yeah. And you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. And when a wounded team limps in, you treat them as such and you beat them down, right? And that's what this defense did. Um, Bosa, a piece of it. We talked about you talked about Kinlaw. I talk about Burks. We could go, we could literally go through everyone because I think everyone contributed to this performance. Right. But yeah, of course. Can I can I make a an observation for our 49k player of the week here? Sure. We are spoiled, Steph. <laughs> I we know are, every, every we didn't even mention Christian McCaffrey. Dude had a hundred plus all purpose yards, got oh, in the man. end zone, and we're just like, yeah, that was a down game. Yeah, we are very we are very spoiled because like literally okay, first of all, we've won three games in a row. It starts the season. Because I've been thinking, like, man, this episode might be a little awkward when we don't win a game. Who deserves to be a 49k player of the week? Um, but we haven't had to think about that yet because you know 49ers are undefeated and not just that every single week we come in here and we have like at least five guys that we've mentioned (laughs) every single week and uh, quite frankly we could probably name more but i mean you know we'd be here all night so we are so so spoiled but uh i love it i love it we deserve it we deserve this a top like 15 player in the league and we don't even bring them up (laughs) until the end (laughs) right it's like 23 that was an off performance we expect you didn't throw a touchdown i can't mention you (laughs) (laughs) can't respect that um all right did you have anyone else to nominate all right so we got our we got our guys let me let me put our options our nominees up here on the screen uh and you guys are going to vote on the 49k player of the week uh for the thursday night performance here are the let's see what slide is this on slide number one it'll load uh but i'll name them it's uh debo samuel here we go javon kinlaw orton burks brock purdy jake moody and nick bosa so we've got these guys as our candidates for the week uh based on their thursday night performance and just vote in the comments, people. Let us know who you think should be the 49K player of the week. Yeah, this, um, this is an award for the people. We need the people, the people to sound off on it. For the people. <laughs> and, um, you know, Weston joked that I should send, like, a, a trophy or, or something at, at the end of the season uh, to the player who wins for each week, right? Like, Or maybe we'll have, like – one of the year, like who, whatever yeah. team, whatever player won the most the, times, he's 49 K MVP of 2023 yeah, season. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll send him a trophy uh, to 49, 49 to Bartle away Listen, at the end if, of the year. If Jake Moody wins for the year, <laughs> I would bet my life yeah. that he, he would accept this week. reward and take a picture. And when you go on your TV show, Steph, and, and do the radio <laughs> gig, like, It'll be talked about. I'm willing to bet that it'll be talked about. I'm here for it. Can't wait. I yeah, I'm here for it too. So let us know. We got a couple votes already. Let us know who you want to vote for uh, this week. Who had the best performance in your opinion on Thursday? But Weston, while the people vote, um, we talk about the Cardinals. Like, are the Cardinals like kind of legit? Have to talk like, about should them. we should we be worried? I I know we like to put people on notice here. I'm putting this entire team on notice that like, don't fall 
victim to because you know who's not believing that they're the worst team in the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals. You know what I mean? Like I know they yeah. what they're one and two, but gosh, they played the Giants real tight and it took a miraculous comeback. Played Washington halfway decent early with a quarterback who had been there for like four days, right? To like start the season. This is this is a very dangerous game because it is a division rival. And it is a team that is literally playing with nothing to lose. They were already sold as like the guaranteed number one overall pick, you know, that they were tanking and all of that, but they have nothing to lose. Like they, yeah. I mean, Charlene, this is perfect, right? Like that this could happen. She said uh, Cardinals are the hurt dog who bites your hand off. It, it's so true because here's the here's the issue with this like nine little 10 day break that we've had. You can't tell me they, they're not eyeing who's on the other side of that Cardinals game. Right. Cowboys coming to town. It's right. I have that right. Right. Cowboys. Yeah. Week yep. five. Cowboys. Yeah. So Cowboys coming to town. Sometimes this happens where the install looks a little bit more like the week, the second game coming up than the first game, depending upon that opponent. That is a great mistake. It is it is a huge mistake against a division opponent? Um, by the way, against an offensive coordinator, and excuse me, a defensive coordinator who beat up on your team last year. Just saying, just saying. It's do I think they win? I think they should, and I think they should handle their business. But if they fall asleep at the wheel. It's an issue. It's a huge issue. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll I'll say like the the Cardinals are definitely better. They're playing better than I think anyone would have expected through these first three weeks. And it's not just that game against the Cowboys. If you watch any of the other games, they were putting in work and, you know, really what it all comes down to is them at the end of the day, aren't as talented as some of the other teams that they play. And so I think that as, you know, that's the reason that they didn't, you know, end up being the giants or, I forgot who they played in week one, Washington. Um, Washington. Yeah. So, you know, those teams came up towards the end, but the Cardinals had them, I think where they wanted them early in that game. And I think what we saw against the Cowboys was uh, a culmination of like everything that they were working towards before then. And they actually got it done. That's to me might be the only Okay, not the only saving grace, but that that would be one of the pluses of what I think could happen is the Cardinals have been fighting so hard. They beat a really good team in the Cowboys, and they feel great about themselves, as they should. But maybe, you know, maybe they forget no. <laughs> they have the 49ers, or they have to go to Santa Clara to, to beat the 49ers as well, and it won't be enough to just... Uh, you know, play good enough. I mean, they have to play all four quarters against the 49ers too, and pretty much repeat that kind of performance. I don't know if that they're that good where they can do that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the thing for me right now that maybe they expended all of their energy into yeah. beating the Cowboys, or that's my hope. Right. But I, I think you are going to see the, the Cardinals best effort and the 49ers have to be ready for it. If anything, I'm, I'm glad that, they beat the Cowboys. Well, for more weight reasons than one <laughs> for the obvious I'm, reasons. <laughs> yeah. For the obvious reasons, of course, I'm glad they beat the Cowboys, but also because I think the 49ers have no excuse to not act like 
they didn't know <laughs> that the the Cardinals are going to give them their best effort. Here's here's what I think a lot of people sometimes tend to forget. Not everybody is that the NFL is very different than the NBA, than major league, right? Like we all have the same number of players. We all have, have to oblige by the same. That's why there's the saying on any given Sunday actually exists, right? We all operate within the same salary cap. Now I know there's a difference in talent, but they all have the same ability. This isn't like, I'll say from the East Coast where I'm from, the New York Yankees going $150 million over payroll and just paying a luxury tax because they're making that in merch sales alone, right? Where like the Kansas City Royals can't do that, right? It's just, you know, the NBA, like scouting these stars, like it, it's, there's a little bit more equity in the NFL, right? Like uh, uh, in the sense of like, like these are NFL teams too. Like these guys, like there's not a huge difference in talent from one team to the other. It's about coaching. It's about those things. And what makes Arizona scary is they got to play team ball. They're not playing superstar ball. Like everybody's got to click. And if it clicks, it's not going to click often. But when it does and you sleep on it, it's going to be an issue. That's all I'm saying. This is, this is not a, forget what they've done. It's a division opponent. No division games are walking the park. It's just not, it's just not. Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, We have a two way tie with uh, Debo and Brock. Technic Sheik said, I changed my vote from Debo to Brock, who was going back and forth between the two anyway. So that puts uh, Brock in the lead uh, for votes. Um, who are you voting for, Steph? Who am I voting for? I'm voting for Debo. Um, As am what I. What about you? Debo. You're voting for Debo. And then uh, Char- Charlene, I think, uh, voted already, right? Charlene, I think I saw your... Yeah, you voted Debo. So now we have another tie. And it's <laughs> it's a it's still a two way tie. Debo and Brock Purdy have uh, three votes. Um, but really quickly, we'll we'll let someone be our tiebreaker in the comments. If you haven't voted, uh, vote for our forty nine k player of the week. It's down to Debo and Brock Purdy. Throw it in there. Um, so before before we we look at final voting here. Uh, who are the players you want to put on notice for this upcoming game? I have, I have a thought. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be very general on this and this is not a cop out, I promise, but that was kind of like my rant around like, Hey, all 49er players and coaching staff be, be weary of this Arizona Cardinal team that that's coming to town. They're not, they're not who you think they are. They are who we thought they were. That that's not this team, right? Um, that's like I don't have a, I don't have a player. Like I don't think anybody last week or so far has like super disappointed me. Um, you know, I think there's opportunity for improvement. I don't know. Maybe you know what? I'm going to put something on blast. I'm going to put Mooney Money War, uh, Mooney Ward on uh, hmm. on there. Okay. I, like. I don't think he's been as clamps as everybody thinks he's been like some of the, the throws that have gone his way. I've seen him lagging in coverage and it's just been errant throws, right. And doing everything that the cornerbacks do when they're down 40 points and the ball's 10 yards out of bounds and they're, Oh, look at me, you know, like, and I'm not saying he's doing that. I'm just saying, I, I don't need them in the stat column. I just need him to be on that hip a little bit more because they're going to find out they're going to start dragging receivers across the field. And he's, he's in, he's not in their hip. He's a yard or two behind them. That ball's put in the right spot. Rondell Moore, that ball's put in the right spot to Rondell Moore. Yeah. He will house call yeah. it. He will house call it. 
Yeah, something to be mindful of. Um, I think for me, the guy I'm putting on notice is Spencer Burford um, because it's been three weeks and I don't think we've seen enough improvement for Burford. Uh, last week, Thursday, four pressures, three hurries, and one sack allowed. That was in one game. And no. look, he's had some nightmare matchups so far. Um, sure. On Thursday, he was going up against Dexter Lawrence. The week before that, it was Aaron Donald. Uh, the week before that, I mean, he was seeing TJ Watt a, a, a bit. bit. Yeah. And so I get it. All right. It hasn't been easy for him, but I, we need to see some improvement. All right. Over time through these first three weeks, haven't seen it. So I think we, we need to start seeing it ideally as early as this, you know, next game against the Cardinals, right? That's an opportunity to get in the groove. Uh, the Cardinals have some guys, some pass rushers who are pretty nice as well as even Collins, one of those guys I'm thinking about. And uh, yeah, so they, they could be trouble. So Burford hope he has a better game on Sunday and uh, Weston, Someone did give us our tiebreaker. Let's uh, do shout it. out Ken uh, Dowslin for our tie-breaking vote for Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has been named our 49K Player of the Week for his performance on Thursday night. Thank you all for uh, voting. Appreciate it. As always, we do this every Monday. So if you guys like this, uh, make sure you tune in to our, our Monday show. Um, but I think we're we're ready to call it here. And yeah. uh, we're, we've been here for yeah, I, go ahead. I want to on your Spencer Burford. One second, I promise. Here's yeah, the yeah. biggest issue with this. What do, what do they do? You, like they're, you know what I mean? I think this is a, oh, a failed recognition by the team in the offseason. Like, is it Feliciano? I don't, I don't know. Is it Nick Zakelge? I don't, I don't think so. And I'm a Fordham grad. I want that guy to be out on the field <laughs> and I want him to be good. Yeah. I agree with you, but the issue is like. Like I don't, I don't even know. If, there's no backup plan for the right side of that line right now, and that's the that's the bigger concern for me. Well, okay, it's it's only been three weeks, so he yeah. is on notice. But I'm not making any like decisions, decisions. on. Yeah, I'm not making yeah. any. Well, duh, because I I don't make any decisions for the team in general. But, you mean we don't but... influence <laughs> Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's Kyle's thoughts? Watching this right now, I know he's, <laughs> he's taking notes. Um. But no, I mean, I, I don't think the 49ers would either. They, they've they never really been one to give up on a player that easily. So I, I think they're going to give Burford a little more time. But if things don't improve, yeah. I mean, I think it's worth, you know, moving some guys around. Might I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll see. I mean, they have what? They freed up a bunch of cap space, right? They have a bunch of draft picks they can use, too. Maybe we see a trade for a right guard before the trade deadline. I don't know. But in the meantime, I'm going to give Spencer Burford the benefit of the doubt that he's going to be able to turn it around at some point um, soon. So, yep. I agree. I, I mean, it's it's still early, but I'm yeah. more worried about what the backup plan is. Yeah, well, the lack of backup yeah. plan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think, I think we're pretty much good to call it, but yeah. I mean – I, I understand there is a Monday night football game right now. So for all of you guys that tuned in while this game was happening, you know, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much. Make sure you like this video. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you have not yet for the audio listeners, make sure you leave a rating. That'd be very nice of you um, for now. Have a good rest of your night folks. Peace.